Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com, where the orchard of wisdom is just ready for picking. We celebrate your why, the journey that you've taken that inspires someone else. We support your services. We support your story. Come and be our guest. Become a host. Be an author with us. Come and see what we've got. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Raising Our Gift Children. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guests today are Duwati Pasido. She's been here before, Pasteo. She's been here before. She's beautiful. You're going to know why she's back again. Sally Saint, who I had on here in September, you're going to understand why she's back here again. We're going to be talking about a serious subject, a fun subject, and something that I think is all too much needed today. Uh, but each one of them have sent a little blurb that I want to open up the show with. And I'm going to start off with mine. Um, why not? And we're going to show you what we're going to be addressing today. But as you can see, I'm wearing lovely dangly earrings, a spotty top. We want to make sure this is a light show. But at the same time, I'm addressing the issues. So this is what I say. Smile and the whole world smiles with you. Laughter is the best medicine. But if you cry, you cry alone. A smile begets a smile as does it laughed. But why do tears make us alone? And when those tears are a cry for help, we don't, we cannot be alone. That is the time we need to step up. We must be there for those with the tears through love and joy and show them how to laugh at life and smile for that is so beautifully contagious. And this is from Duati. Why are teens more depressed than ever? In the US, teens they take over, uh, take their own lives every 100 minutes. Oh, that's a terrible statistic. In the UK, suicide is the bigger, biggest killer of young people. Um, when over 200 school children lost to suicide every year, uh, experts say teens feel more hopeless and helpless than previous years. Why is this? Uh, we need to provide more coping skills and surviving in chaotic times, and we must nurture self-love respect for life, grow hope, not despair, and most of all, learn how to laugh at life ourselves and with each other, for that is the healing method. And Sally's contribution is going with the inner child, informing how children support us in accessing this magical energy, inviting us to do the inner child work. Yes, to heal, but also to have fun. Children smile on an average of 400 times a day, Adults, 30 to 40, 400 to 30 to 40 folks. Oh boy, what happened in between? Disconnection from our inner joy, our inner child by hurts, experiences, pain. Reconnect with the inner child and get your smiles back. Well, this is where we're at today, folks. It's all about igniting our beautiful smiles again and showing the world all the love in our heart. Welcome, ladies. Hi, Sarah. Hi. So Hello. this is Dew uh, that well, okay, of course when I speak the camera goes in. So do I with the dark hair? Sally's with the blonde hair, Hi. just in case you're needing to know, folks. <laughs> and um, as I said, I'm wearing me kind of paraphernalia today because it's about lightening up a tough subject. But I'm going to go to each one of you first, um, just to kind of speak to a what you do and you know how what you're thinking on on the subject here. So Duwati, I'm going to start with you, love. Okay, well, uh, basically, my passion is working with young people, and I do that mostly through my yoga. So I'm a children and a teenager's yoga teacher. And when I read all these growing statistics on self-harm, depression, suicide, 
as a parent as well, I'm shocked. I can't believe, and I don't understand why the figures are getting bigger. So I think today it'll be quite nice just to chat through with Sally and yourself why we think this is happening and what we can do as, you know, as their peer, like adults, to support young people to kind of work in a way that these statistics stop and then start reducing. Most certainly. Sally? Yeah, hi. Um, I work with the parents. Um, I work in my son's school also. Uh, I volunteer and work there. But my work is supporting parents in and blocking their blocks and embracing the child that they've got in front of them, helping them reconnect with the child that they've got and see the, the, the many gifts that they've got. But ultimately, it, I feel more of a bridge between the understanding of the adult and the child, especially when things break down, um, and to help them see the beauty and the wonder that a child gives us every single day and that's irrelevant of if they've got a syndrome or a label on them mm. what they bring to your life is phenomenal um, and they also they require us to heal so this is why parents struggle you know and then the issues that they have with the children are mirroring very often what's going on inside of them so the child is bringing out big things for them and then they're like what do I do um, your child is calling you to heal and very often when we have a child, we, our childhood comes up to face us. And so this is why the importance of inner child work. and Because and, yeah. uh, you work with it and then you can, uh, in, you can um, connect with that joy again. You have to heal. So when you do the inner child work, there's healing to do. But then ultimately you, can, you connect with that joy. And your inner child will help you without that And so will your child in front of you help you immensely. Yeah, I mean, I say, you know, all the time right now, our children are gifted, hence the title of the show. Yes. Um, you know, we have such profound children in front of us right now, you know, gifted yeah. with, with skills, with tools, with simple wisdom. And yeah. I think, as you say, it is a reconnection to our inner child. And I can tell you with anybody that I've interviewed and counseled through the years that have, have issues, whether it be with their boss, with their husband, with friends, with family, it all comes back to the inner child. And somewhere along the line, that child has been wounded. And that permission to the 400 smiles a day down to the 40, which is way too much, you know, all of a sudden that permission to smile has gone. That permission to have joy, to be silly billies, you know, just to to get out there and, and, and feel the exuberance of life is being diminished. And we need to bring that back for sure. Because if we don't, what wonders we're losing out on? Listen to your children and the way they see life, the way they interact with life. Let us learn from them and ignite that inner child again, because then we will actually understand as an adult, how utterly beautiful their joy is, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and it is. Um, so embrace it, um, allow the healing. The healing will be, it can feel very painful. There's almost a purging when things come out, but um, it's far better than that dull ache that gnaws away at you and keeps you serious. I mean, as you were saying, Duarte, you know, with the, the suicide rate, I mean, it's, there are hope, our future. There are future leaders. And here they are just seeing no future, no place for them in the world, and their only way out is suicide. This is it's hard. It's, 
It's hard, it's hard to imagine. Mm. Um, they say you, it's difficult to understand how someone can be feeling so desperate unless you've been through that situation yourself. So for me, I find it hard to imagine what it must feel like when you see that as your only option. And as a young person, when we're growing up, that's when we're the most excited about life because everything's fresh and exciting. So for me, looking back at my teenage years, becoming a teenager was an exciting new adventure beginning. So I find it difficult to put myself in the shoes of a teenager who feels there's no hope, there's no future, and they choose that their only option is is to kind of like terminate their life. So for me, it's like when you're born, when I work with very young kids, there's so much joy, like Sally said, that in a child's they're fresh and they're happy and they're joyful. And so from a toddler to a teenager, I know it's what's happening, you know, as a society that this, this is kind of growing and increasing. So it's just, and I think when we're born, we're just full of love. And then to make that choice, it's, we make different choices. So we go from making choices based on love to choices based on fear. So for me, it's like, why do we move so far away from love to places of fear and make, you know, fear driven choices, even with gangs and um, stabbings, which is also growing at the moment, that's a fear based choice. So how can we get our young to kind of, re-embrace the love and make love-based choices as opposed to fear-based choices. So I think that's something that we as adults need to look at um, within the education system, how we can incorporate that different activities to support that in the curriculum because it seems to be we're growing in fear as opposed to growing in love. And we said our inner child is love. So how do we get back to you know being full of love and joy and as opposed to fearful but but also Sally how do you how do you keep that love I mean when you have a child you know you feel the love that baby in your arms even when it's growing inside of you you know that love and everything they do brings a smile to your face and that joy that's there and as you said it it brings out that inner child in you so where along the line does it happen as the child gets older that they step from love into fear and we as parents lose that beautiful loving exuberance that we've got from the child and don't recognize the fear what's happening why are we not seeing it um one of the pivotal things i feel is that you honor the individuality of your child as they go out into the world we touched on the schooling system the schooling system is the first world away from your arms isn't it and so that it's very important what the school is like and also if it's not the best of schools then you do your damnedest to give them their most authentic time when they're at home i am blessed that my son goes to an independent school and um and i chose this school i moved to be to this school i knew it was important um and they've got a rehabilitation unit there for children traumatized by the school system so i see the youngsters i see the teens come in there who are mute who won't come out of their rooms who want to kill themselves who mm. you know so i've seen the extreme and then also i've seen these children who are coming in whose parents are choosing this school who are being nurtured and they fly so yeah. i see the children who have maintain their authenticity and I work there and I see it and it is uh, medicine for the soul when I see it it is absolutely beautiful so what happens is an erosion 
of themselves they start to feel that being themselves isn't okay it's that is, is it a reverse gentle. mirroring you know, yeah. when, you know, when you see the inner child, you know, it brings out the child liking you again. But does mm -hmm. there somewhere along the line, the child start seeing the pain inside the adult and start mirroring that? Absolutely. And that's what I will also say from a child's perspective. They would rather have some parent that's authentic than someone that's hiding the pain. Right. So I have found, and I found this with my child and with others, I've seen with others as well, that if you are releasing and you are, um, they, you are allowing yourself to feel, they would rather that than the pent up parent who's going, everything's okay, everything's okay, but it's not. And they can see that yeah. they're holding it. So um, you teach them a lot about humanness by allowing yourself to be human because they already do. They express beautifully right. through a day. So yes, um, as your child grows, they see more and more the people in front of them. And the greatest gift you can give your child is work on yourself. And that's quite tough because it's very easy for us to say, well, the school should do this. And yes, they should. And other factions should do this. And society should change. Social media should be different. What they cover in all the magazines should be different. And yes, all these things play their part. But the home, the home... And, and us, we're continuing to work on yours, ourselves. That's where it comes from. And we are the role models more by our behavior than what we say as well. So now, I'm hearing a mom in the background as somebody yeah. being called yeah. uh, because, you know, I perfectly understand if you need to go and address a child right exactly. now. So. <laughs> May I? Because you seem yes. quite persistent. Yes, yes. Mom, <laughs> Yorkshire puddings. This is, this is mum mode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's the thing. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. When you're called to, to, uh, to arms, so to speak, to the children, you've got to go. Right, Dorothy? It's true, and they come first. And yes. as a mom, you just have to multitask as well. So yes. it's great. So it's, but what Sally was saying, I know Sally's worked directly with teenagers who are feeling challenges. It's a shame she's gone because it would be interesting to hear what, what the young person, I think we need to let the young people, like a young person speak. Really, we should have had some, a young person in on this conversation yes. as well because so that they could share their views on the subject because it's as adults we can look from outside and try and understand what's going on within their different mindsets but it's important for their voice to be heard on the subject as well so maybe next time sally's back now we yes, could ask yeah. one of the young puddings are okay right <laughs> the basic, basic need was food right of course of course <laughs> Um, you know, she was saying while you were gone that, you know, that it would have been great to have actually had a teenager here. And I have actually many, many a time tried to have, you know, teenagers on here and speak to us, educate us as to what mm -hmm. you need. We don't want you going down the rabbit hole. You know, how could you go from this beautiful, exuberant child, you know, chasing rainbows and absolutely loving life to suddenly locking yourself in a room and being utterly depressed and hating life. How can you do that? What, you know, the parent immediately goes into guilt mode. What did I do wrong? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> should I have done something differently? Um, you know, imagine the parent of, of a child who's committed. And, some, and sometimes some parents um, don't even realize their children yeah. are feeling that way until, you know, tragedy hits. And then everybody's really surprised. They 
they can't imagine I didn't see it. Yeah. felt like that. Mm. I mean, yeah. Sally, you've, you've probably spoken directly to teenagers. What feedback have they given you on, 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 on how and why they're feeling like that? Um, my feeling has been from all these children and that some way, some, some path along the way, they felt like it wasn't okay to be them. And so whether it was somebody, a teacher, or whether it was a, a group of children around them, they felt, but there was that time when they felt it wasn't okay and they were conforming. And it's that moment when they start to conform is when they start to lose touch with their inner voice because they're no longer listening to what's inside. They're, we have these basic, um, not, but they're not basic. They're amazing instincts. And those instincts, you see, that's what we see with the younger child is that they're totally in tune. There was something on Facebook today which really um, epitomized it for me. There was um, a mother that died when they gave birth, but the heart was given to somebody else. And it showed a picture of the baby, and they were just showing the baby was held by various people, get distressed, held by this person who'd had the mother's heart, mm. and how that baby responded. It was absolutely phenomenal. So yeah. hearing that heartbeat in that womb for nine months, yes. that baby knew the mother's heart. And so this is instinct, yeah? You're, the baby was hearing it, but the baby sensed the baby knew. And there was yeah. absolute joy in this baby at connecting with the mother's heart again. So as children, we have these instincts and we listen to them. And then somewhere along the line, this disconnection happens somewhere along the line we are told it's not okay to be sensitive or whatever but we're told something and that's when that disconnection just starts and it eats away it's not okay to me me i must be this i must be that um as i understand from my also perspective i was one of those children who was the frightened child and also the the teen that just spanked myself i was not the happy i was the one that and I, and so i understand from my own uh, path that i uh, tried to be a role for my mother who was mm. i was the fourth child there was lots of stuff going on in the home she put everything into mothering so i knew my role was to keep her happy was what i I felt I was bullied at school. I suppressed things, but my face would show nothing, but I was terrified. And so I came from a place of fear and I, I learned to normalize that in a way. So I understand completely when I see these teens and when I see what, what's gone from them, my sensitivity wasn't able to blossom because of there was an alcoholic that lived in the home, an alcoholic workman from before I was born until I was 10. I've blanked him out. I've got three memories of him. And so he controlled my mother because that's what alcoholics do. So this is the impact of the people around us. Yeah. Um, and then we go out into the world with this. But, but what I learned gives me the passion to support others in maintaining the authenticity of the child honoring what the child has there are so many sensitive children coming through and they are so needed for this world okay. so yeah i understand completely and i understand those dark moments there were times i was so afraid i was being continually bullied at school and nothing was happening there was stuff going on at home where i didn't feel safe so i understand completely what these teens are going through because i lived it yeah and, and you know i had different i am thankful I yes. am thankful yes. it because I'm doing something with it. Well, this is what I said, you know, it's for everybody I've interviewed that's, that's, you know, that is in some way there as a healing 
you know, for, yeah. for people today is because they've been through it. And, and part of it is it's the journey. I mean, it's part of the life journey, isn't it? To go through these things, to discover our strength, discover our courage, discover the reason why we're here. Um, you know, I think there's very, very few of us that haven't thought of suicide along the line yeah. because, you know, as, especially as a teenager, as you said, you know, if you don't fit in, if you get yeah. bullied, um, if you don't feel you fit in at home, if you feel no one's hearing you, no one's seeing you and you, you know, nobody likes you because you're different. You know, then it's like, well, why am I here? And for some people, I don't think they mean to carry it out. I think it's a cry for, does anyone see me? And whatever they take ends up unfortunately going too far. But I don't think they all actually intend to actually die. I think it's a call for help. What do you say, Duati? Um, well, it's definitely a call for help, and I definitely think the education system needs to look at nurturing from a very young age, just self-love within and reinforcing that within a young person. So then when they do go through life and they do have different challenges and they are challenged on different um, thoughts and feelings about their personal identity, they can fully embrace and be really strong and confident and love themselves and you know value all their uniqueness and just by just little tiny exercises can reinforce that from a very young age one of the exercises that I do in my yoga class is we'll get a jigsaw puzzle we put a jigsaw puzzle together and just just from doing that simple basic exercise we see that all the jigsaw puzzle pieces are different different shapes mm -hmm. different sizes different colors but each piece plays a unique and important role in making the complete picture. Excellent. So when a young person from a very young age just kind of acknowledges that and acknowledges their uniqueness and they know that they play an equally important role in life to everybody else, that is really nurturing and, and empowering. Just little simple exercise like that. And even um, this week I was just taking pictures and you sort of observe a bumblebee and, the, and you think of the role that the bumblebee does in life to pollinate and how it supports the ecosystem, the survival of the planet. And sometimes in schools, you always hear about the lion. The lion has the fiercest roar. We all want to be a lion. But then if you kind of explain to a young person, well, the lion has one role, the bumblebee has another role, and they're each contributing differently. And just because the lion might be louder or fiercer, but the role that the bumblebee contributes to the world is by far bigger, you know, is the survival of the planet. So when a young person kind of understands and embraces the different uniqueness and you don't have to be so loud to be making a big contribution to the world and just to own their own unique gifts and contributions from a young age, then that supports them in being happier and just sharing their personal gifts with the world. So hopefully that will help combat that, those feelings of not being good enough or having wow. despair and wanting to give up on life. So those are just different, there's just so many different tools that we can share with a young person that will support their mental health and well-being and give them that extra confidence boost and self-love that hopefully when they become, you know, a teenager, they won't be feeling so despondent and you know, so hopeless with their future. See, you've hit on something very important here is tools. You know, I think one of the problems is, you say, you know, kids went to go and learn at school. 
and it was learn teaching them things that they're going to apply in their life that's going to help them get a good job yeah. you know get further ahead but somewhere along the line it became a doctrine of dictatorship and conformity yeah. and school is meant to be about exploration adventurism yeah. inquisitiveness you know yeah. the exploring the greater outlooks and it is a place of structure so it's allowing the imagination to reach the universe and beyond and then coming back and saying from that what can i do to build a structure that will get me to the universe or allow me to do this or allow me to do that and i think somewhere along the line we have got into the dictatorship of how we should use our knowledge instead yeah, of the intuitiveness of our knowledge and the exploration of our knowledge and learning the various tools that we need in order to build the structure that yeah. our knowledge is founded on. I know, and a lot of teachers feel that way as well. They feel it's all about achieving results, figures, test marks. And in a way, we're, I think, I know the education system is looking more into mindfulness now and a few bringing in you know, different things, but we need to do a lot more, a lot quicker, and it needs to innovate because the world's changing and there's so many different challenges that young people are facing. So really those who are in a position where they can make changes in the curriculum need to kind of really sit down and think, how can we innovate our education system? Because the world is a whole different place now and we need to accommodate to meet the needs of the young people. Our kids are, are ahead of us. Our kids are ahead of us. You mm. know, you give them something technical, you give them something like a puzzle, you give them something, um, just an understanding. You know, I don't know if it, you know, the elevation of their frequency or the connection of, the, of accessing different parts of the brain, but our kids are smarter than us. They and, are, mine and, definitely are. Well, and we need to look at the <laughs> curriculum and say, are we keeping up with them? Because they're no, going ahead they're of not. us. The curriculum is still as most, the majority of the curriculum is as when we were children. So even though technology's advanced, the internet, the social media, the education system hasn't kind of kept, hasn't advanced in, in line with that. And I think something else that they've lost, which I'm sure Sally you can speak to, is the art of, of a camaraderie of playing together, uh, of communicating together, you know, because some have adopted technology and using the technology in replacement of. And one of the things that we're losing is we're seeing kids, it's all about the texting, it's all about the social media, it's all about the emojis, emoji movies, just a blind model, really. <laughs> and it's like, can you sit down and go face to face and have a conversation? Uh, no. And you know, that's something they've lost because in some ways they've gone too far the other way and they haven't brought back of playing silly putty on the table together or, you know, doing, building a puzzle together or, or, uh, or the teacher bringing um, something around and letting everybody speak. You know, we're losing the art of communication. Mm -hmm. And, I, and that, I think most of the teenagers' problems are, A, they don't feel heard or seen, right? They don't feel they belong. They're being bullied and nobody seems to care. But one of the big problems is they don't know how to articulate how they feel. They don't know how to speak it and they don't know whom to speak it to because that conversation has been shut down somewhere along the line. 
Yeah, absolutely. And also then the social media feels like a safe zone yeah. because they can put their words out there and they feel it be heard. But also if they're playing games or whatever, they feel they're in control of them. So yeah. that if their world is out of control, that's the world they can live in. But it's not a real world. It is no substitute. So it, it is something like we all talk of social media and things and it is it is in life. So it is a part of life, mm-hmm. but it doesn't need to be the whole of or in right. replacement of. And also I am aware that there are people also parents can be afraid so the games and the social media may feel like a safer place for their children to be than actually playing so there's that fear based as well and yet isn't it statistically it was as dangerous years ago as it was now it's just that it's more uh, it's more talked about more mm. you know and it's more often people in the home than it is strangers anyway that that or you know awful things happen but i think it's part of that safety net that people think it's safer but it's a virtual world and it is no replacement and there is nothing like looking into someone else's eyes Mm -hmm. and you know when you hold a child when they're younger they look right in so that that dropping off when they get older that they don't look you in the eye where did that come from that absolute it's almost like they're hiding their souls they're they are not showing anything yeah they drop their heads they don't look and we all know that when we walk by teens in the street they they won't look and i'll say i'd I'm, so i'd say a hello to to bring them because they're going like this and it will make them look up and look you in the eyes for a glimpse but right. that that almost unease and unsureness and that it's it's so sad because it's such a beautiful thing yeah that deep connection with somebody is so pure yeah now the thing is with yoga it's a wonderful way of 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 calmness you know, finding your inner peace, a place to go to when the turmoil feels like it's spinning out of control, um, where you can go in and calm the waters. But Mm -hmm. in doing it with the family, doing it with a parent, I imagine is so impactful because you can both go in there with your chaotic worlds and find that inner peace together and then be able to look at each other in the eyes uh, because you've brought yourselves back to your center. Do you find this, Dewadi? Um, I haven't done so many yoga classes within the family setting. Mostly it's just within um, schools, you know, with your peer group. But one exercise that I do do when Sally just mentioned about looking into each other's eyes, we do, I do have an exercise where we will sit opposite a partner. We do look into each other's eyes and we do share emotions. So that they recognize that that's another person just like me. And I think just doing little exercises like that kind of reinfo- just reminds, reinforces that connection with each other. Mm-hmm. That you do. You're not alone. Yeah. And you see somebody else like that you're looking into. They're the same as me. You both feel sad. You both feel happy. And you know there's, we're all connected. We're all one. Um, communicating with parents like you said yoga in a family situation that like you just explained Sarah that would be a wonderful way to connect with you with a young per, with the young person in your life a teenager or even with them when they're younger I don't think so many parents do it it's it's, it's quite a novelty mm-hmm. but if more parents did embrace it it would be a, a, a really lovely activity that you could do together and build and bond and then that opens up communication because as you said earlier, the challenges with all the gadgets, with all the gaming, 
getting your you know your 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 child to talk to you and communicate especially when they reach teenage years as a parent that becomes more challenging and it's crazy because i have an 11 and 12 year old and they'll come home from school and i'll go how was school today and i'll be like My kids are in their 30s. But what I had always from when they were young, right up, is um, food when they came home from school and whoever they bought home. All right. And it was, you know, grabbing the food. And while they're eating, you're chatting to them. They bring their friends over. And what happened with me in particular is the friends felt it was a place where they felt safe. And it was their friends that would come to me when they were in trouble. Their friends that would come to me for looking for comfort. Or be my son calling me up at midnight saying, there's a 12-year-old kid out here uh, who needs to get home. The parent won't come and pick her up. You know, and I'll go and pick that child up. And you build that trust. You build that bond. But it was around the food. I always had a round table for the table for the food. And it'd be who's here for supper. And very often friends staying over. And, uh, you know, sometimes it was challenging, you know, financially. But, you know, it was something that you did. Because then it was always around the table. It was where we have a discussion. And yeah. it wasn't like you're going to eat and run. This was the time we're going to talk about whatever. Nothing taboo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you approached it, you know, age-related. To what your answers would be but nothing was taboo and that kept the dialogue going and uh, um and my kids were happy to bring me people that nobody was listening to and so yeah always with your own kids there's things i found out later that they were doing that had i known at the time <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of you know being a mother of a teenager is a lot of white light and please god you know, a lot of that. Um, but then, you know, I think I've said before in the shows is that coming to a crossroads in life, having to make a decision of going that easy road, that road of angst, that road, you know, of point of no return, or, you know, kind of coming back home, so to speak, to, to their inner person. And, you know, my son's saying to me, I saw your love, I saw your face, mom, and I didn't go down that road. 
So, you know, this is what we're wanting to build up in them as children, to know the boundaries, the moral boundaries, the heart boundaries, the spirit boundaries, the ethical boundaries. They're going to push those limits. But if they always feel safe to come home, and you can give them a knock, what were you thinking, you idiot? But they know that isn't a judgment on how you love them, right? Yeah. It's an addressing of the situation and that together we're going to get through this. And I think sometimes you have to just turn a blind eye or shut up. This isn't the time to speak. And then there's other times you step up and say, I see you, I hear you, let's do this together. And it's just having an arena where they feel comfortable enough to open up. And I guarantee you, food is a good basis. Oh, you know, that is great. And I, what I do with my son, Christopher, is we have a cooking session together. So he'll, oh, yeah. he'll decide something to cook and we get the ingredients and we do cooking. And that's a really nice way to bond. And he does open up and talk and, you know, just, and that's like a fun way to interact. But also what you just mentioned about home being that safe place mm -hmm. where a child knows they can come, you know, when everything else is falling apart. But then there are some children who don't have that kind of home as well. But so it's that finding that person in the neighborhood it was. Yeah, I was that person. Which is really lovely. Right. But no, but it's, it's somewhere amongst your friends. You've got somebody mm. who's got a home like that and feeling safe enough to go to even that parent. Yeah, or teacher, open, or, or teacher anyone, or whatever. Yeah. Finding somebody outside, outside of that home that, you know, that, that is... They feel is neutral to the situation yeah. as well. Yes. Yes, really important. You can, you can be the light for a child without being their parents. So if they yeah. do not have a great childhood, they don't have a great life at home, right. you showing them love and showing them non-judgment mm -hmm. is enough to spark in them that life can be different and they will yes. follow it later on. So yeah. never underestimate your role in any child no. or teen's life, irrelevant of whether they're bled or not. Well, you know, it's like we opened up with, you know, smile begets a smile. You yeah. know, when somebody smiles, you smile back. You know, yeah. when, when somebody's laughing, how contagious is that? Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah. and, and it's just sometimes, as you said, walking down the street and saying hello and that child looks up and giving them a smile. Maybe that's the smile they needed that day. Oh, yeah. somebody saw me. Somebody yeah. cares. You know, and that uh, is that not what we're looking at in life when people feel that no one cares? Isn't that the reason why people exit? Nobody cares if I live or die. Yeah. And then Nobody. they challenge that. How about we show them we care? And let's, let's bring that smile. Let's start with the smile. Let's inject some laughter into them. You know, it's, yeah. it's hard to be really sad. You can have that hysterical laugh, you know, where you start off laughing and then it goes into tears, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, that's releasing. Yeah. But don't ever underestimate the power of a smile. Oh, yeah, no, a smile, a smile is so amazing. Um, in my second book that I'm writing, Magnificently Magnificent You, it's based um, on the, on the there's, a, there's, a really, there's a really beautiful spiritual message about the smile, and the smile is an expression of love yes. when we, you know, go to our core. Mm. So it's like when you're smiling at someone, you're sharing that expression of love, so you're sharing love with them, and they can feel that. Mm -hmm. They feel that love, so you know, like you said, Sarah, it's like that little smile can make all the difference to someone's day just to, just to receive that smile. And, it, and it's communicating with each other. Like Sally said, looking in the eye, smiling, just mm -hmm. acknowledging each other instead of, like Sally said, maybe looking down and just yeah. feeling like you're just alone in the world. 
that, well, it, that it's fuel for the generator mm -hmm. isn't it you know it's igniter of the love generator you know as a child yeah. they, they have it in abundance and people can't help but love those babies and they it's being poured into them generators constantly going with love yeah and, then, and you see a baby smile you yes see a baby smile your whole your, your whole being yes. your whole self just lights up and those giggles just, i don't care who you are yeah. you know you you, you start it's hearing every, a kid laughing and it's like yeah, a penny in the machine baby smile just yeah. feels the love and you just feel so much it's like ah! exactly so why can't we push that button you know the the generator button and top it up with some love unconditional mm -hmm. unjudgmental love and yeah. ignite that smile again because i think somewhere along the line they run out of fuel in their generator and they don't know how to laugh or smile at anything anymore and even yeah. if they're even if they're in a home that is not abusive or anything else they're feeling a disconnect because it could be from school it could be from their friends you know and and god forbid they should be a different sexual orientation or god mm. forbid they want to do a different career than what their parents want them to have or god forbid they're a different faith or god forbid they yeah. fall in love with the wrong girl or wrong boy you know and it's all of those things that when you're a teenager are magnified by 10 million percent right and it's really really hard for them to cope with it with all the ranging hormones they haven't yet got all the tools to deal with all the emotions that are coming through those hormones and then they've got all the exterior going on and you know this they say the survival of the fittest if you can get through your teens you can get for anything <laughs> you know it's it's the, it's a, what you come out with of your teens is something that's going to get you for anything in life but it's keeping that generator going that love generator going and the smile they're letting them know you care you know mm. um saying to your son when you uh, uh, your sons when you know that they've got a friend in trouble why do you have so-and-so come over for dinner mm. why don't you have them over for for a play event you know and letting that kid know that you see them that you hear them that you care and as you say it just may be enough to kind of stop them spiraling down yeah and I think that's really important as well um, what you've just shared for parents we need to you know support and educate parents on how they can communicate in a more positive way to young people because they play such an important and influential role as well in a young person's life and a lot of parents might not even realize that they could be doing a lot more got to remember the child within them yeah, so they need a bit of nurturing as well. I, I don't understand. I do understand it, but I don't. Um, when somebody's been injured as a child, somebody's been hurt, they've been abused, mm. and they fall in love with someone, and yet they continue that abuse. They know what it's like to receive that abuse, to be in such pain, yet they then go and inflict, inflict that pain on people they love. And what I, I don't understand why they do it, but I also understand why and the why is because they know nothing differently. Yeah. I they think haven't, the they haven't learned to love themselves yet. They haven't learned yeah. to heal themselves yet, have they, Sally? So yeah. they're walking yeah. around this wounded person and all they know how to do is inflict that pain because nobody's shown them anything else. Absolutely. And the, the abused and the abuser is flip, uh, flip side of the same coin. Yeah. So um, I understand completely. Um, and also it's for us to unleashing cap and forgiveness, isn't it? And yes. You have to forgive yourself. And, and there's, 
as a child, we go from a non-judgmental, we don't judge anything, to then adults, we're surrounded by adults who judge everything. It's like a world where everything feels like the world is expansive to suddenly this is good, that's not good, emotions are good, no, they're not. You know, What's and that so smile just, about? Must be something exactly. sinister. <laughs> so for, for a child, if you can see from a child's perspective, yeah. that suddenly they're surrounded by oh my god so what am I supposed to do because that's certainly not right that is that's not okay I can't express myself I must be good you know I I remember when I was when my child was a certain age and I think it was about two or something there was good around all the time and I thought that's more like you talk to a dog good boy good you know and it's like it's training them Mm. and it's just that's good but that's not and yes there's a yes and no I'm not Mm. saying that there's boundaries I do and don't yeah yeah but this is about behavior children get trained and when a trauma happens it how does it suddenly like you said the abused and the abuser how does somebody who's become abused become an abuser that trauma is so deep inside and there's a program and it feels so uncomfortable and i have talked to people where family lines have continued and i understand and that flip side of the coins and kind of thing but it is it is so difficult and so so deep and um it's Oh, it's just like this ball inside you when you think about it. Any, yeah. We all think about when somebody hurts somebody else, how it would feel. And um, it is a very deep subject that those people have been so wounded mm-hmm. that it, it, it's, it's just it's almost an automatic response yeah. to they love, then they give everything. When they love someone, they give everything. So they give everything that they had when they loved their parent or loved their whatever, and it happened. When you love someone, you bring everything to them that is unhealed and everything that's, mm. ha- that's happened, you deliver it all, and it's hard. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we've all, I've experienced things in the past, and it's, it's um, that person you know has still got a heart. they still got a heart that beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it is... Um, and it is part of our path to forgive, come to that point of forgiveness. But we learn so much about ourselves to get to that point of forgiveness when things happen. And, you know, if, I think too, and as your children get older, you'll see this. You know, it, it was my children started articulating what was going on with me. You know, mm-hmm. they, they were not going to be tolerating what behavior was towards me anymore but they also weren't going to tolerating me taking it anymore yes and it was like no mom you're not going to do this you're not going to take that put a stop to it and I didn't know how because you're in trauma mode right and it was my kids you know speaking out and speaking to me and speaking up for me that gave me oh oh okay I guess there is a way out of this. You know, I thought I had to suffer this until all the children had grown up and left home and all of that. And it was like, God, no, (laughs) this is going to stop now. And it's like the kids gave me permission to have life. And that was, you know, wow, what a gift. I know. And sometimes we think adults know more, but young people, they're wiser and they, they have so much to share and they have, you know, fresh eyes as well you know, to give us new options. So like, you just, but, but you hit yeah, the word wiser. You see, we may have more knowledge, but without mm-hmm. the wisdom, how do we use that knowledge? They instinctually yeah. have the wisdom of what knowledge they do have. They haven't learned yet to kind of separate that. So yeah. out, of, out of the mouths of babes, right? Mm-hmm. Come some profound truths. And yeah. we, you know, we cannot dismiss it. Oh, because they're children. What do they know? Well, they're speaking from a divine essence. 
They're speaking yeah. from a core essence. And they the are. message they're giving you at that moment is the message you need to hear. Pay attention. I know. And they're so wise. And, it, and you know, we see it all the time. They haven't been conditioned or kind of like forced down a certain path. So when, they're, when you're young and new, your mind is just so fresh and you're connected to the core, your inner wisdom. So we can learn so much from very, very young kids before they start being conditioned. And just the way, like, like when they interact with each other, there's just pure unconditional love. They don't judge mm -hmm. each other. If you go to a preschool, they'll share, they'll play. They don't judge to colour or religion or, you know, status, finances. It's just we're all here playing. Vibrational. Vibrational love, right? That Absolutely. connection. A joy. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then you look to the grown-up world. There's all this separation, segregation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. It's like... It's, it's, you know, it's and it's, it's, um, it's interesting because I know a woman right now who was abandoned by her mother when she was three and the father was an alcoholic and he couldn't cope with the three children. So off to foster care, she went. And also the educational system abandoned her as well, deemed that she was uneducatable and, and didn't. Later on, she went to go and get her education because she felt cheated and she, you know, has uh, managed to get her own home and run a business and create something. But she keeps ostracizing people um, mm. because that inner child keeps lashing out. You yeah. know, she wants to make friends. She wants that nurture. She wants that love. And then she'll attack it. And then she pushes everyone away. And it's unfortunately until she's ready to see the pattern and, yeah. and seek the help to, to remove that pattern, there's nothing you can do other than pray that they will get that help. But yeah the very thing that she wants is what she attacks and this is so common isn't it sally absolutely you see it time and time and again it's a program inside yeah. and it's it's that when somebody gets too close what do you do you push them away yeah. because you've been taught by those that you loved the, the separation whatever the abandonment mm -hmm. abuse whatever so you only let people in so far and unfortunately you are then the people you do let in are the ones actually that will let you down so as you yeah. get it, it's reinforced then this, this world is no good. This is, you know, you can't trust anybody because it's, it's just that, that repeating of a pattern until you're ready to heal. And, and it's that thing of you can't force yourself inside somebody when they're not ready. You can't, right. if you offer them help, they will push it away Yes, because you'll still be, I'm not ready. And it's like energetically, there's no way I'm opening this door yet. So I'm just, it's yeah, because... Oh. Oh, the denial to too. The denial, you know, and, and it's, yeah. it, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. Yes. And then, and then when you do hurt me, I didn't do anything. It's all you. It's a complete denial that you're the person in pain, but you've got to understand that you are inflicting that pain on all the people that are trying to love you. It's Absolutely. going back to that pain again. They're trying to love you. They're trying to care for you, but uh, the more, the closer they get, the more you keep slamming down the doors. And, you know, people will walk away from that because they've got themselves to protect. They, you know, the door gets slammed in their face. So ultimately in life, we have to actually understand that no matter what turmoil or pain or suffering we're in, it is up to us and our choice to choose to get out of it whichever way we can. Yes. Yeah, and it's like Sally said, it's from fear that that person is repeating those patterns and trying to put up barriers 
to protect themselves in their mind. Yes. So it's like, how do we support someone from making fair driven choices to love, to going yeah. back to a place of love where they can make choices from a, a position of love, which will help break the pattern. So that. And, 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 and when does that become a, an addiction? Because I'm looking at this in many ways as a form of addiction, which there is an unknowing, unwilling addiction of constantly mm -hmm. re repeating the same cycle. Make, not because it feels good, but because it feels familiar. Does an, an addict shoot up? You know, they feel good in the moment, but then in betweens they don't feel good. But, you know, they'll keep putting themselves down that same spiral all the time. It's, can we look at this constant repetitive pattern as a form of addiction? It's safer to blame everybody else than it is for me to do the work that I need to do and trust love again. It almost becomes a comfort zone because it's what mm. they know. So right. you repeat it because you know, you know exactly what's going to happen. If you let the same people in who are a particular type, you know that it will, it will kick off. And, but you, it's just it's what you know. So it feels safer than going beyond. And it, it's, 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 that's almost a safety net mechanism. I know exactly what's going to happen. So it's almost a type of control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know what will happen. I know what will happen. Mm. It will be this. Yeah. Literally, it's the same. Yeah. I hear, I can, I can hear, I hear what you're both saying. And for me, what I find quite um, shocking as a whole in society, not just, uh, you know, various groups, we, we seem to be going down this road where we're making so, you know, everybody is putting up barriers to protect themselves. Right. They're making yes. fair driven choices, even in relationships, you know, everyone's, you know, just, trying to keep all these different options to protect themselves because they're afraid of getting hurt or abused or taken advantage of as opposed to just going wholeheartedly and just trusting and just believing in the good, in the greater good. Everyone seems, you know, it, it just seems as a whole, there's, as a, you know, as a whole across the board, there's, there's so many... Bears kind of just rising up in so many different areas. We're a contradiction. Yeah. You know, because, you know, we so want to belong to a tribe. We so want to be a part of the village. We so want to, to be a contributor and to know that this is, you know, our, quote, our family, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're so scared that we're going to get the yeah. door thrown in our face or, or we don't, you know, those people are going to turn on us. Um, and that's what we project out, that we close the doors. And so we're, we're contradicting ourselves and what we want and what we need, you know, and our what, action. Why, why do you think that might be, Sarah? Why do you think people are becoming so afraid? Because as you said, I think we're protecting ourselves. You know, we're protecting that inner child. We become the parent of our inner child. And you know how a parent can be so utterly protective, right? From anyone else. Oh, no, you can't trust that kid. That kid snapped at you. Instead of understanding why did the kid snap at us, you know, can we just let bygones be bygones and continue to play? We become yeah. on the defense all the time. And we're running at this high anxiety, high defense all the time. We don't know how to calm down. We don't know how to take a breath. We don't know how to be still. We don't know how to really assess the situation for what it really is because there's so much hysteria going on around us. Uh, you know, I call it the CNN effect. Push that button, fear and hysteria, turn up the volume and people yeah. are, ah, 
rampage, and like they've been electrocuted, and they, and they mm -hmm. don't know how to calm down and take a breath and go, really, why did I get worked up over that? Yeah, and that's where yoga comes in because it does give you that space where you can calm down and take a breath. And when young people engage in activities like yoga, it supports them in kind of taking that breath to respond as opposed to react. Yes. And just kind of make, you know, kind of emotional choices to right. just let the emotions settle and make a, a more gentle choice. Well, that, that's the key, isn't it, Sally? Re you know, mm -hmm. respond rather than react. Absolutely. And it takes courage to not go down the fear path. We're surrounded by media that only tell us what they want us to tell us. And they tell us the big news, which is fear based. You turn on. So I do not. And I don't let my son listen to any news. When it comes on the radio, it gets turned off because they're not going to tell you anything positive. So what is the point of listening to all these things? Because it feeds into any fears we have inside. So we folk, if we want something, we focus on it. So if you, yeah. if you have fear around you, it then feeds into this fear in here it grows so if we want positivity we look for the positive we look at the sunrise we don't look at the newspapers mm -hmm. and also then the people next door may be saying whatever or what you you it takes courage to go against yeah a, um, a big system almost that's happening you touched on it as well there's like this vortex almost that's around you on the world is doomed you know mm -hmm. and you have that feel to then stand up and say well actually no, it's not. And I yeah. do not believe that is so. It takes oh courage. And, you're, no, and you have to face your own fears as well to do that, to say, no, I'm rising above it. Fears come from here. Love comes mm. from here. And yes. it means dropping out of your mind and into this because yes. there is no fear in the heart. Right. The heart only knows how to love. Mm. And when you're looking at a child, they're pure heart and spirit. They're pure yes. soul right yes. they haven't learned yet to, to engage the mind and you know when mm. you look at fear what, what is it it's all the chatter in the head it's all the judgment it's all the criticism it's all the what ifs you know mm. uh, and uh, you know and and all the persecution and that you end up persecuting yourself because mm. that's what that spiral does it turns it back on you and makes you question yourself and then you in the center of the tornado and you don't know how to get out and it's, well, take a deep breath, hold your breath, and drop down the center. <laughs> <laughs> or pop out the top. <laughs> yes, right. You know, develop wings, right. whatever. Yeah, but the thing is, there is a way out. There is. You know, I've been in that tornado. I've been in that facing, do I want to live? I've been in that, you know, nobody loves me, nobody cares thing. I've been there. You know, I know what it's like, and it wasn't just in teenage years; it was an adult. Oh, and how did you? How did you come out of that, Sarah? What was it that that helped? Purpose. You? Purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm a person that has to be off purpose. I have to serve others. Uh, but one of my things in life, I became a servant. So it was servitude, and it was me being of service to people. A without gratitude. B without you know, um, uh, without any self-respect or self-love, but it's, it's finding a purpose that comes from your heart, your soul, and your spirit, and it comes from yeah. your self-love, and doing yeah. it because you love it, because you love the people you're doing it with, and finding that purpose, because that gives you the reason for being here, it gives you something to focus on, it gives yeah. you something to actively do, it, it requires that you step into your heart, soul, and spirit to do it, right? And whether that purpose is something small or big, it doesn't matter. Step into it. 
because yeah. when you are the focus is off your pain and it's more on your purpose yeah so that's that's so true because contribution when you focus on your contribution to helping others and supporting society it, it's from that joy flows because yes. that supports your happiness yes, yes. So, and just sharing that with a young person, it's like their contribution to the world and to focus on just what their passion is, what they can contribute, and just that will lift your whole spirit when you kind of just keep that as your focus. What can I contribute to help, you know, this world, help others? What's my passion? What's your gift? This show is called Raising Our Gift to Children. Because yeah. when you look at every child, there's a gift they have there, isn't it? There's yeah, something that they can do, something that's their forte. And if we help develop that, instead, no, well, I want you to be a lawyer. No, you've got to go to school and go and be that. And really yeah. what they are is they're a brilliant Lego builder. You know, <laughs> they all find their path. If we nurture those seeds that are growing, if yeah. we nurture with love and water, structure and tools, They'll find their path, but let's nurture the gift that they've been given instead of dictating it's worthless, they should do this, right? Yeah, and that's where we can start just at preschool, just from yeah. the very first, you know, learning stones that they have, mm -hmm. nurturing. In the womb. <laughs> <laughs> They'll let you know, I'm a mashuatus, goom, 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 <laughs> while they're in the womb. <laughs> Sally, what do you have to say about that? Self-love. Never underestimate yeah. it. Mirror yeah. it to your children. Yes. You know, mm. we as parents, I know I, I can have this monkey on my back with a stick that goes bang, bang, bang. You know, when I do something, we'll second judge ourselves. We'll, you know, uh, we are our own worst enemies. But if you want your child to maintain self-love, you have to show it. Right. And that means us. So, you know, to come back from something, we all have our dark moments. Yes, to be service to others, but service to ourselves. Yeah. Value ourselves. First love ourselves. Almost first or for me it's the yeah. old uh, oxygenate yourself how can you help anyone else if you're gasping for brave breath yeah. put the oxygen on yourself fortify your own lungs now you've got the power to help someone else but yeah mm -hmm. it's also what you resonate when you're in pain and in turmoil you resonate that out when you're in self-love you resonate that out we are what is within us you cannot give what you don't give yourself yeah. So yeah, you know, that's, that, that's where unconditional love comes from. Mm. Our love is conditional until we love ourselves enough, until we top our own love up. That is what we give to our children. And our children, as they get older, will notice it more if we're self-critical. If, yes. if we don't, they will pick up on that. And hey, presto, that goes with them too. They will then think that there's some, they will be criticizing themselves. They'll get the monkey as well in their own yeah. heads. Or yeah? they give you a Eleanor. lecture. Or they give you a lecture. Mom? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it's that thing of like not taking things personal. Yes. You'll know when your self-love is up because when somebody says something, yes. it won't, it won't, it won't get in there because your self-love is up. And, and so it's for us to continue to nurture that. It is so important. It's the elixir of life. It is the elixir of life. Self-love. Are you being called for a food crisis again? <laughs> it can't be because he's already had loads. <laughs> <laughs> I like this is the thing about motherhood as well, isn't yes. it? You know, before I would have prepared when I did things, I would have a couple of hours, I'd have done my makeup. Yeah. Whereas now I've got a knot in the back of my hair and I've got a child in the background going, Mum, Mum, I'm, I'm working. Yes. 
they don't care. How, 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 old, how old is your child? He's eight. Oh. Yeah. Still at that demanding age, yes. Yeah, um, I, have, I did a charity a firewalk a couple of weeks ago, and it was for the school. The, the charity is called Aptitude Trust that helps children that have been uh, traumatised by the school system. I did a firewalk. And all his classmates were like, oh, yeah, your mum's so cool. And Edward was like, my son was like, yeah, it's just fun, you know? And he yeah. didn't, it didn't even, you know. Face him. No. Whatever. Yeah, she walked yeah. across coals. So what? <laughs> you know? what's, what's for dinner, mum? Absolutely. <laughs> Get me my tea. Yes. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something actually very important that you've hit on there, is that I don't care how old your children are. They always see you as mum. Right. And, you know, one of the biggest problems that I've had a challenge with in the last few years is for my kids to see me as Sarah, especially as a woman that's been growing into self, you know, in my own self-discovery in this last few years through doing these shows, it has been um, a real journey in discovering and allowing myself to be right. Mm -hmm. And it's that they haven't liked a lot of my choices, but it was all part of my self-exploration and some of the choices didn't work out, some of the choices have, but it's allowing me to explore. That's because I'm mum, just because I'm older, the big 64s this week, so yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Everybody thinks that you should have every, all your shoot together by this time, but no folks, you know, I'm, I'm still juggling it up in the air and seeing where it's landing. But I think that's also, that exploration, no matter how old you are, of discovery, mm -hmm. self-discovery, what you can do, where you can go is what keeps you younger, what keeps you going. But I think sometimes it's really hard for a kid of any age to see the person in you because they see the mama in you. And it's very hard yeah. for them to see that you are the same person, just mm -hmm. you were represented perhaps in a different way. Yeah. Um, one other thing I'd like to touch on regarding anxiety and, and depression in teens is that there's a number of minerals and vitamins that also can cause um, issues. There's magnesium, for one, that can bring up. It has the symptoms almost of anxiety. So this is the importance that you could touch on with food. So the, the rise in um, depression and things could be linked to a number of things. Also, the fast food business has gone oh, astronomical. Yeah. So the nutrients that are being taken on in a growing body yes. it's really important i uh, i balance i have magnesium deficiency sometimes and i so i understand what it feels like i'll have palpitations i will i will i'll have problems sleeping my mind won't be as clear well all these things could be could be named labeled as uh, anxiety depression coming on yeah so there are a number of issues or things to pull in on in this the importance of feeding the body healthily as the yes. child grows is another thing and to pass it on to the child so the great thing of cooking with your child the yeah. understanding of nurturing the body so that's another layer of this as well that that should be on the peripheral somewhere that it isn't always that it may not always be there but it's important to take into consideration what's going in so they're getting exactly what they need to grow because i've mentioned one mineral but there are others that can yes. cause you know b12 can cause yes. tiredness and then what when you're tired where do your thoughts go mm -hmm. but you have a job to stay positive when you're tired oh wow yeah. thank you for raising that point yeah that is such an important point that gets overlooked because the chemical reactions in our body play a huge part as well Absolutely. and especially as teenage years 
you yes. know, they're, they're going through such a massive change. You know, they talk about the terrible twos and then they get into the terrible teens. And the thing is with the terrible teens, they can talk back now, you know, and, and then you start seeing the exorcist thing as their head starts spinning around. You know, you know, and you look at them and go, I promise you, you can throw it. And, you know, one moment at the angel and the next moment is like, oh my God. Uh, and, but yes, you do. Uh, when my kids were teenagers, I had them on a, a, a bunch of real good nu nutrients, soluble ones too, that went through mm -hmm. their body. And like when my son broke his thema, snapped it in half. A, they were absolutely astonished that he had snapped it in half because themas shatter. They splinter. They don't snap in yeah. half. His snapped in half. And they were also astonished at the bone density for a 13-year-old. And also the fact how quickly he healed. And it's because I had him on a bunch of nutrients that helped him in his growth. But, you know, the spiritual nutrient, nutrient is just as important. And yeah. if you do see a child that has a tendency to get over anxious or to get over angry or get over depressed, finding their tool, A, understanding their trigger, knowing when it's coming on and finding their tool for me for depression anxiety is music headphones on listen to the music there's actually something in the music that resets your frequency it's yeah. not just calming you down and pleasing to the ears it resets your frequency find out what it is for them maybe it's a nature and work or in, in um a walk in nature and work or walk in nature yeah. uh, maybe it's playing tennis or ball or doing something what is it that's their release point that brings them back to their equilibrium yoga whatever it is find out when they're young and teach them that when they recognize those issues coming up what to do about it because you're empowering them with a tool for the rest of their lives absolutely absolutely yeah my son is archangel michael so when he's anxious archangel michael right exactly I got in the Dorian Virtue Archangel Michael cards so we can pull a card for yourself. So it's and it's so spiritual, believing yes. in more than this. So when yes. when you're anxious and you're doubting yourself, to understand it is more than what's than this body. Yeah. So linking them with that as well yes. is is and however they it's beautiful and it's a gift. Right. Yes, you know, don't please do not ignore your psyche. Your psyche no. is, is is you know is that core. And, uh, you know, it's not just about the head and the heart, you know, the spirit and the soul have an intelligence. They need to be well balanced as well. And it's about balancing all of that in order to be a whole person. And I think, you know, I think also something we used to do in my family is we put on something like Queen, we are the champions and blast it out and everybody would dance to it, however badly. You know, the kids used to always dress up and put on plays. And then as teenagers, it would be something else. But I had a room where they could get noisy and rowdy. Yeah. You know, they, could, they did it with their friends, whatever, and it didn't matter. That was their safe zone, you know, and they could, you know, let it all out. And, um, and that we're always telling children, no, be quiet. Oh, don't do this. Oh, don't do that. You should be this. You should be that. And it's like, well, when are we allowing them to be what they're meant to be and who they really are? When are we yeah. allowing them that self-discovery? And yes, sometimes we have to pull in the reins and go, uh-uh, gone too far. But for me, it was teaching them to walk on the edge and to know instinctually when to get off. Yeah. Otherwise, being prepared to pay the price. And they a couple of times walked that edge, fell off, and they had a price to pay. But they learned. Yeah. And they learned right and that's 
we want them to push boundaries. We don't want them to just constantly be safe because you're not safe by, by being here, you know, hiding. Yeah. And you grow by going out of your yes. zone. Yeah. But um, one thing I just want to quickly touch on music, music affects your mood and how you feel. But I've observed a lot of musicians, the lyrics they're putting out in their music where they're singing about suicide yeah. and making suicide an option. I'm shocked because I've got two young boys and yes. they repeat those lyrics. Yes. They're singing suicide. When I was a child, that wasn't a word that I readily heard. But now, yeah. through music, it's been sung as an option and given to young people as an option. So I think that is also um, you know, a contributory fact in, in, in what we're seeing happening as that being made as a choice. And that's where the discussion has to come in. Mm. You know, it's not banning the music because they'll, they'll go and listen to it from somebody else's yeah, but whatever. It's like but it's actually looking at the conversation. Think, what they're creating. Mm. But, you know, saying, what is suicide? You mm. know, there is no coming back from suicide. If you no. commit suicide, you're it. That's it. You're done. Yeah. You know, the soul and spirit comes back to live again because you didn't do it right this time. <laughs> you yeah. know? And, you know, to let them know it's how not, final it's it is. Escape. It's not an easy way out. That, no. You know, no. And, and the thing I think the very important thing is, is that I think the really important thing uh, uh, with the core of everything here is the self love. But yeah. to always have a safe zone where it is a conversation through love that a child can come to you with anything that you can go to a child and address everything. And they know that it's coming from love. Yes. Yeah. And, and as you have parents, parents. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, Fanny, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and if they come to you with anything is that you don't then allow your buttons to be pushed because right. you need to be non, you need to come from that loving space. So that means you drop your own judgments when they talk to you, because yes. then they will continue to talk to you. Because mm -hmm. when they feel that it's pushing one of your buttons, they'll shut down. But the other thing is, is that you may be a parent. We've got to understand we are custodians of our children. We do not own them. They are not mm -hmm. our property. And to also understand that we don't know it all. We're no. here to discover ourselves. We're here to learn ourselves. We're not mm -hmm. here to know it all. And for you actually say to your child, you know, I haven't faced this before. Or I don't know. But let's do it together. Don't be a know-it-all to your child because mm -hmm. how come they're hurting and you know it all? So how come you're letting me hurt, mum? Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah. it is saying, I'm doing my best. I'm sorry if I've let you down. Be willing to say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I've let you down. I'm sorry I wasn't there when you needed me. What can we do now in yeah. this moment? Yeah. Yeah. And then do something. And, and, and I think if, if you're open with your child and you let them know that you really love them and you just want the best for them, but you might not have all the right, you know, you don't, you're not perfect as well. Right. You're just a human being and you make mistakes as well. And you kind of acknowledge that you don't have all the answers, but you just truly dearly care and want their, you know, yeah. want their happiness. That's, you know, you're there to support them. I think, that in itself, just knowing that I'm hoping that you're there unconditionally giving them your love, that's, right. that's, that's you know, really empowering for them to know. They came into but the world giving us love. Because we're parents. Right. We're, just, right. we're, we're not in the same encyclopedia. Right. But, but we care and we want, we want 
best for our children. So it's just being We there. are not Google. <laughs> right? My you goodness. Know, <laughs> you can't Google us, but you can ask us questions and we'll endeavor to find the answers. Yeah. Right? But we don't know it all. <laughs> That's it. I think it's letting them know that as well yes. and then maybe they you know they'll think yeah okay you're human too yes Sally yeah. absolutely and it's great to let them see that our mistakes as well yes. you know because yes. that's part of learning that's they, they accept mistakes when they when they're trying to walk they'll fall down but they'll still get back up and so it's important for them to see that, yeah that we are human we do make mistakes and that's okay because you're allowing them exactly the same thing to be human Right. We're not meant to be perfect. And, and I think that's part of the thing of mothering is that you, that, or parenting, you think you've, you've got to be this ultimate, all too, you know, it's almost like this alter ego gets handed down to you when you become a parent, that you must know it all, you must do. And it's not at all. Show them who you really are, your humanness. And it, it's, it's, far, it's a lot more fun as well. So when I make a boob, I let him know and it, it's, right. you can laugh about it. You know, it's okay. It's, you know, I'll joke, you know it, it's 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 okay to be human it's part it is who we are it's also okay to do it your way yes. if your gut your instincts or your moral judgment is saying do it this way and you know that the yeah. child is thriving and no one's getting hurt and it's good for your family don't let yeah. somebody else oh no no you can't do it that way you've got to do it yeah. this way and it's like as long as the child is okay and the family dynamic is okay it's okay to do it a different way yeah. right don't mm -hmm. take other people's judgment of it personally. That's all yeah. they know. They're not willing to see it from your point of view. So let it go. Yes. Yeah. Especially well, that's a lovely thing. Yeah. 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 Because again, especially as we're in a world where we are, are, are we're on a surfboard riding a big wave. And, you know, we yeah. could fall off any time. And this wave is going this way and that way. And we're going mm -hmm. through tunnels and we're over the top and we're underneath them. And, and it's like we're trying to. To, to stay on, you know, the, the surfboard ourselves while, you know, carrying the kids under each arm. And, you know, it's, it, this is not easy. Um, but when love is the center of all, then that opens up the communication. That opens up to the joy and the laughter. And that opens up to giving them all the tools they need in the world. They'll find the tools they need in the world. But that love is something that they'll know which tools serve them because they're seeing it from that love aspect. And one of the, something um, Sally and I discussed prior to this show was we're, we're, we're both single parents. So we're both uh, moms looking after our kids in the best way that we can possibly, you know, within our means. And one of the challenges I know a lot of um, single moms are, are probably facing at the moment is within my household, there's a, there's a sort of female energy and I sort of discussed with Sally, I feel like maybe there's that male energy is missing and how can I, you know, accommodate, you know, compensate for that. Yes, That's yes. something as a single parent that, you know, I think maybe a lot of mums are feeling challenged on that subject as well. You know. Yeah. This is where you want the extended family of the uncles or, you know, um, or, or a grandfather figure stepping in and, you know, big brothers or something like this. But, you know, then of course you, you know, obviously if it's big brothers, they've got to do your vetting, but, but yes, having somebody that, you know, is that somebody who respects your way of bringing up your child, but brings in those other lessons that they're going to, you know, learn from, from a man that they can't learn from you. Though I'll tell you this though, 
every guy that you see is successful today that was bought it by a single mum is somebody yes. that advocates for women yeah. right yeah and also i found that i've had i felt more issues about not having a man when my masculine side was in need of some tlc so we have the feminine and the masculine yes and i i've always felt that it was lacking in the home when my masculine wasn't quite wasn't quite on the ball or I was repressing it in some way so it's almost been a marker for me on working on my masculine energy being a single parent because it's that's where the no comes from mm -hmm. uh, masculine and that steadfast kind of feel so it's it helped highlight what I needed to heal on my on my own masculine energy being a single parent because it's been five and a half years I've been a single parent so it's you know you go through layers don't you and you learn many things um, and as when a child is young, that masculine isn't quite so much of a concern because they're a babe and it's, right. as they get older, you start to notice it more. So, um, and so it's been quite interesting for me on my journey, my personal healing journey then to embrace the masculine side of me. But this is where you guys step up and support one another. You know, this is yeah. that, that, you know, single mom's village, you know, yes. get up and share together, share your concerns you know, and, and maybe a monster, you, you have somebody that's that brilliant uncle figure or, you know, brilliant granddad figure or brilliant this or that, that was only too delighted to step yes. in and take all the boys out or do something with, the, you know, with the boys that's, you know, kind of the guy thing, you know, and that's the thing is, this is where we've got to go back to the village mentality. The village is only as strong as the people in it and, and they didn't leave anyone behind. And if somebody didn't have the spouse, then the village stepped up to fill that need. And this is, I think, where we have to stop hiding and get out into our communities and say, we need this figure. We need this figure. Mm -hmm. Who wants to step up? There's people who want to. They just probably don't know how to. And also it's for us to ask for help because I know as single parents, sometimes I, I take on the mantle of, you know, I can do it all. And that's part of the, like the almost a single parent mentality is that you, you know, you, you do you it. You become the so, martyr. I can yeah, do it all. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So that's, that's something of there, there are willing people who will. We yes. just sort of say, help me. Yeah. Yes. And then they can come in. Yes. As it should be. You're not meant to do it all alone. You're no. not superwoman. Right. Yeah. You know, Otherwise, the Yorkshires would have been done all on their own. <laughs> <laughs> and there would have been no mum in that yes. way. <laughs> Here's a tip, by the way, as Christmas is coming, make Yorkshire puddings with eggnog. Oh, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's the thing. We don't have enough laughter, you know, and I think this is something that's really important. If kids see you laughing, if they see you just suddenly doing something utterly silly, it would be, oh, mom, you know, you're, oh, you're being too silly, but it lifts up the heart. They love it and they'll join in. And if they see you laughing and, you know, this is the thing, sometimes just watch a funny movie together and everybody mm -hmm. have a goddamn good belly laugh, right? Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, come out wearing something peculiar and do something, you know, it's, I used to embarrass my kids, especially as teenagers, years, and it, just to embarrass them, you know, I, just to get them out of that seriousness or to show some silliness and to remind them of all of that. And, and you know, and it, it was, oh, mom, you think that I've crucified them. But it was just kind of put things Thank back into perspective. Because they're so easily embarrassed at, at teenagers. But, you know, you do it obviously within, within, within limits and things. But, you know, when it comes down to it, they know that it comes from love and that's the important yeah. thing and you 
you have to have that keep that channel open of communication yeah they have to know that they can come to you with anything without persecution yeah right that you're willing to sit down and talk no matter how deep or how dark or even who it's for sometimes it may not be about them it might be about a friend and they don't know how to go about helping them right so it's important but laughter smiles the smile makes the world go round you know and there's a great song with uh, jennifer lopez and uh, manuel um, whatever his name is from hamilton and it's you know love makes the world go round and he, he just has this thing there but love begets love begets love and it's true it is yeah. a smile will beget a smile and laughter will beget a laughter if we want joy in our lives then we need to step into our inner joy exude it out and invite it and that will be your playing field definitely requires us to work on it so in closing my darlings would you please let everybody know how they can get hold of you what you offer and uh, any parting words Dwati? um well i'm on facebook social media twitter um at magnificent me magnificent you.com that's the websites all the links are on there and all the different tools and resources that i'm creating are on there as well support young people there you go that's me. She has wonderful meditation uh, links for children as well. Great ones. Um, audios that are, are great for, for them as well. So yeah, just taking five minutes just to yeah. allow yourself to calm and slow down. Mm -hmm. Except we've done a show on that, folks, but Dewachi's been here before. All you have to do is just put in her name on Self Discovery Radio TV.com and you'll just put in Dewachi and you'll see all the shows that she's done with us here before. Please go back and listen to them. There's a lot of wisdom there. And no, Sally. thank you, Sarah. <laughs> and Sally. Um, if you go on www.sallysaint.co.uk, that's my website. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm the UK founder of Conscious Parenting, so I work with uh, parents. Um, and I also work with people who aren't parents on parenting themselves. So Conscious Parenting is for all. Um, I love what I do and I'm passionate about what I do. If you go on my website, you can find all the ways to contact me. So uh, reach out because when we are facing our darkest moments, and this is us as the adults, it's important that we link with somebody else who can actually guide you through where you are. You are not alone. Right. And it is important for us all to ask for help. So the help and the change we want in this world, we can activate by actually doing the change on ourselves. So we work on ourselves and we show those children of ours that this life is worth living. Mm -hmm. So here we've got, you know, somebody is helping you ignite your inner child out to be a better parent by allowing yourself um, the self-love, the healing love of your own inner child, bringing it out so you can ignite your child in that truth without repeating old patterns, creating new wonders. And then you have someone who's helping your children find that beautiful balance and equilibrium and tool to help them in every aspect of their lives life gets too much exams get too much friends get too much the news gets too much hum, into the yoga into the meditation it is a tool that will last them a lifetime so between the two of them we've got you covered so thank you so much ladies it's been wonderful as usual to have you back on the air here with us thank you thank, thank you everyone thank you sarah thank you sally and uh, no doubt we'll have you back on again and uh, i love repeat offenders <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> when the knowledge is good we've got to keep on going and yes you know what folks out there as as to what he said it would be absolutely great to have a teenager out here speaking to us we're going you know i'm going with the fact that i had three 
you know they're all in, pretty well in their 30s now but I'm you know and I had the, the neighborhood kids as well so I see it from that point of view and yes although it was a long time ago I was once a teenager so I do know the the, the emotions and the feelings that you go through it but if you are a teenager out there and you have heard the show or mums that you've got a kid that you think is willing to come and talk to us we would love that because we mm -hmm. want to hear it from you what you need from yeah. us all right yeah. so wonderful thank you so much Duarte and sally thank you thank you bye. <laughs> bye until next time folks bye for now for more wonderful shows like this, please go to selfdiscoveryradio.com, podcasts and see our lineup. And if you wish to support us, we have a funded button. Please stay tuned for our next show.